Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and now our new book, Just Breathe, will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Today, we will be digging deep into God's Word and seeing how we can apply the principles of 2 Kings chapter 6 to our homeschooling lives and our present situations. We're going to be talking about feeling outnumbered, about spiritual insights, and about spiritual blindness. And yes, if you're homeschooling a large family, you may feel outnumbered all the time as you try to juggle 5,000 different things. And while this feeling of, I need more help, is very real and very important, it isn't the kind of outnumbered I want to talk about today. This month, I've been reading and learning about Elijah's protege, Elisha. When I got to the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, 8-23, through 23, I realized how extremely relevant it is to today's chaotic world. It's even relevant and can be applied to our homes and homeschooling. If you haven't read this passage, or if you aren't familiar with the story, you can pause this podcast and read it first if you like. It can be found in 2 Kings chapter 6, 8-23. through 23. But if you're familiar with it already, and with Elisha and the angelic army, then you can just jump right in. So let me catch you up a little bit on the story in 2 Kings chapter 6. Elisha, who succeeded Elijah after he miraculously was taken up in a chariot of fire, is a mighty prophet to the king of Israel. Elisha is described as a man of God in 2 Kings. So the passage begins with Israel being at war with the king of Aram, which is in Syria. It seems like every time the king of Aram gives a command to set up camp in one place or to attack the Israelites in another area, the king of Israel somehow finds out about it in advance and is able to move his troops or attack first. Well, this infuriates the king of Aram. So much so that he even thinks there's a traitor in his ranks, and he orders his officers to find out who that traitor is and how this is happening. Well, they report back to the king of Aram that it's the prophet of God, the God of Israel, who knows his plans and then whispers them into the king of Israel's ears. They tell the king of Aram that this prophet, whose name is Elisha, is able to tell the king of Israel the exact words you speak in your bedroom. So the king orders his army to hunt this Elisha dude down and kill him. So they find out that Elisha is in Dotham, and in the middle of the night, an army of horses, chariots, and soldiers completely surround the city. When Elisha's servant wakes up, he saw the massive army and was deathly afraid. He called out to Elisha, what are we going to do? We're outnumbered. They're after you. But Elisha calmly and coolly tells him, don't be afraid. Those that are with us greatly outnumber those who are with them. Well, his servant was deeply perplexed. He was looking around and all he saw was just him and Elisha. So Elisha prayed for God to open his servant's eyes so he could see. When the servant looked again, he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire and they were surrounding their enemy's army. The enemy had a thousand soldiers descending on them But God's army, which was only seen by Elisha and his servant, greatly outnumbered them. 
Then Alicia prayed for the enemy's eyes to be blinded. As they approached Alicia, they had no idea he was the pro prophet they were looking for. Alicia politely tells them that they're in the wrong place, and he safely leads them to Samaria, where God then unveils their eyes, and they realize that they've been duped. The most interesting part of the story, though, is the king of Israel sees the enemy in Samaria and asks Elisha if he should kill them. Elisha reminds them that they are prisoners of war, to prepare a feast for them, and then to let them go. So that's what he does, and then they return back to their homeland and stop raiding Israel. So what can we learn from Elisha, his servant, and about the enemies of God? And how can we apply these principles to our lives and our homeschooling today? Well, first, we learn in verses 8 through 13 that if we're on the side of God, we will be hunted down. We'll be seen as traitors. We'll be seen as enemies. And if we live counterculture, then the culture will attack us. All right. So maybe this doesn't seem very uplifting, but sorry. It's useful information, though. Y'all, we need to stop being so surprised when the world doesn't understand our perspective. We need to not be surprised by it, but prepared for it. We are increasingly being called the enemy. The tables are turning, and sadly, it will probably only get worse before it gets better. Jesus warned us we would have trials and tribulations, and he said that they would hate us because they hate him. But this story in 2 Kings is an important reminder that there has always been a war or a battle between God's people and those who reject God and his son. By following God's lead to worship when the churches are physically shut down, are you being treated like a traitor? By following God's lead to homeschool your child, are you being treated like an outsider? By following God's lead to live counterculture, are you being treated like you're the enemy? Well, this is no accident. The enemy knows the best way to defeat God's people is to divide them. So don't let them. Decide to respectfully agree to disagree with a sister in Christ or with a family member. Decide to speak the truth and share the truth, but with tons of grace and love. We're not each other's enemies. We are the children of God, daughters of the King, fellow believers in Christ. So continue to live counterculture. Continue to speak the truth and share the truth, but don't make enemies and create division within the family of God. Like Alicia, we are being hunted or pursued because we are not on their side, or we're not on the quote-unquote correct side. You will be hunted because you're actively working against a worldly agenda. Who or what is trying to get you to conform to the majority and to call evil good and good evil? Is someone trying to convince you not to homeschool or to do something you feel goes against God's word or to do something you feel just isn't the best thing for your child? Mamas, we need to remember that the world seeks to destroy or silence those who work for the kingdom of God. It has been actively trying to thwart God's plan since the garden. But Jesus warned us that this process would only ramp up in the latter days. We need to stand firm. We need to do what God is calling us to do, whether that's to homeschool, to stay home, to speak out, or to worship in public. We need to keep speaking out, even if it's not socially acceptable. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
Don't feel like a traitor, mamas. We need to worry about what God thinks of us, not what man thinks of us. We're on the right side. We're on the winning side. And I know this because we're on God's side. Second, we learned some very powerful lessons in verses 13 through 16. The most important lesson is don't be afraid. God's army is far greater than any enemy we may have. Elisha didn't worry about his enemies because he knew the God he served was much, much greater. And the same is true for you and for me. But his servant was terrified. He felt outnumbered, and the situation before them seemed impossible to him. But Elisha was calm, cool, and confident. Maybe you have a child who's scared to death right now. Maybe you're scared. Like Elisha's servant, we all need a man or woman of God, someone like an Elisha, to come alongside of us and remind us to not be afraid. Even though the city was completely and totally surrounded and they were coming for Elisha, Elisha wasn't scared. He could see something that the others couldn't. He saw a host of angelic armies surrounding them and protecting them. This army outnumbered his enemies. They were ready for the battle. Elisha was confident because he knew God was with him. Elisha just needed his servant to see the same thing. With a present situation, are you like Elisha's servant? Where do you need some spiritual insight? Pray for your eyes to be open. Pray for the veil to be lifted. In the book of James, James reminds us that God gives us wisdom to those who ask. When we're feeling confused or scared or outnumbered, all we need to do is pray for wisdom, pray for guidance, and pray for spiritual insight. And then, moms, we need to be willing to heed God's call and commands once we hear his voice. Sometimes our world is so noisy and filled with so many distractions that we don't have time or the space to be still and to listen for God's voice and to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But mamas, I'm reminding you that when the Holy Spirit nudges you, warns you, or pursues you or your child, it's for a reason and you should follow where the Spirit leads. Sometimes we need those spiritual insights when it comes to helping or teaching our children or we need discernment on the best ways to discipline or guide a child. Sometimes the enemy isn't outside the door, but within the home. The enemy loves to use distractions, division, and disappointments to defeat us and deflate us. Disciplining a strong-willed child or a prodigal teen can cause us to feel outnumbered or that we're constantly in battle mode. But this is exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you tired, weary, and discouraged. He wants you to feel like there's no way you're going to win the heart and mind of your child and that it's a hopeless situation and that you should just give up. But God's protection is there. God's help is there. God's spiritual insight is there. We just need to sit, pray, ask for it, and then bravely act upon it. Maybe it isn't you who's blinded by a certain situation or a particular problem, but it's a friend, a loved one, or a neighbor. The soldiers were blinded. They couldn't see what was right before their eyes. Alicia, the person they were looking for, was staring them right in the face and talking right at them, but they couldn't see him or recognize him. Is there someone in your life who's been blinded by the lies around them or who needs some spiritual insight? 
Someone who can't see the truth or perhaps refuses to see the truth? Maybe it is a child who just won't admit he's at fault and that he needs to give up his actions to the Lord, ask for forgiveness, and work on a particular sinful trait. Maybe it's a loved one who's entangled in a false gospel or is following a false teacher, and they need their spiritual blindness to be healed so they can see the truth. Maybe it's a dear friend who's participating in a political ideology that has long-term consequences, but she just can't see it. How can you help them? Pray that their blindness will be lifted and that God will give them spiritual insight to see what is evil, to see what is good, to see what are the lies, and to see what is the truth. Once Alicia's servant was given spiritual eyes, he understood Alicia's confidence. If we can truly see what we are completely and totally surrounded by God and His presence, then we can fight our battles both physically and spiritually with complete confidence, because we know it's really God who fights for us, and we know that it's really His battle to fight. Finally, we learned some very interesting lessons on how to deal with our quote-unquote enemies in the last verses, 17 to 23. After Elisha safely guided his enemies to Samaria, he instructed the king not to harm them. He actually told the king to prepare a feast for them and then to let them go. Elisha called them prisoners of war, not his enemies. Perhaps this is how we need to view our friends and family who don't see the truth of God's word or the saving grace of the gospel. They may be fighting for the enemy. They may believe the lies. They may even be promoting the lies but they may not even realize what side they're on. They are prisoners to the lies, to the deception, to the culture's new set of rules and values. And if they believe that a world without God is best, then that is exactly what they are. They're prisoners or slaves. They have become slaves to either their own thoughts and ways or to what the world tells them they should think or do. Moms, we need to treat them like Alicia did. We need to treat them with compassion. We need to feed them, feed their souls with the truth, feed their minds with the truth, and feed their hearts with the truth. And we need to feed their actual tummies too with some good food. We need to sit and break bread with them and talk with them and engage in respectful conversations with them. So how do you treat those who oppose you or criticize you or disagree with you? Trust me, now that you're homeschooling, you will get tons of unsolicited advice and comments about your choices and your actions. Even with COVID, school closures, and distance learning, there will be many more moms who are choosing to homeschool, but you will still be criticized. You'll be criticized for not participating in distance learning with your school district. You'll be criticized if you decide to use a Christian curriculum instead of a state-approved or a state-mandated curriculum. You'll be criticized if you decide to take a more relaxed, gentle approach to teaching with your little ones instead of pushing five hours of workbooks on them. You will be criticized if your high schooler is forging his own high school coursework at his own pace instead of doing AP or A through G classes. And veteran moms, you know after this is all over, we will continue to be criticized, and maybe even more so, for still choosing to homeschool. Before COVID, the world thought they were all experts on homeschooling. But now, after a nation of elite educators and policymakers have gotten a glimpse of school at home, 
Everyone will think that they're an expert on the strengths and weaknesses of homeschooling and, of course, how it should be regulated by the government. It will begin this fall and it will continue into the spring. We need to be prepared for the onslaught of criticism and opposition that will begin to deluge us in the next few years. And trust me, moms, it's coming. But we can learn from Alicia. We can treat our opposition with compassion. We can continue to graciously and compassionately show them the true fruits of homeschooling. We may feel like we're outnumbered, but like Alicia, we need to remember we're surrounded and protected by God's army. If we are in God's will for our families and for our homeschooling, God's ultimate plan for our children will prevail. We also need to continually ask for spiritual insight so that we can really see the truths behind the lies, to see the true intentions behind people's actions, and to truly see others the way God sees them. Let us fall on our knees and pray Alicia's words in verse 16. Lord, don't let me be afraid for there are more on our side than on theirs. And as we march forward on this homeschooling journey and navigate our way through this post-COVID-19 and through all of this political and social unrest, my prayer for you and for me is verse 17. Lord, open our eyes and let us see. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me on this little coffee break and Bible study. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out our website for links to my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, or for more articles on homeschooling. If you heard something you like, then share our podcast, our Instagram, our website, or our new book, Just Breathe, with a friend who might need some encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who's new to homeschooling. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless, and see you next time.